Okay, here we are. Again. Episode number five. It's hard to believe we're on episode five. It's been so much fun, hasn't it? It has been a blast. Especially today. Today was a lot of fun, today wasn't it? Today was fun. Yeah, in a weird way. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. We'll get into that. Okay, here we go. One more time. Okay. Here we go. Welcome to the Exeter Underground, the weekly news and opinion forum for the people of Exeter, about the people of Exeter, and by the people of Exeter, keeping you up to date on all the happenings of our town with analysis that you just can't find anywhere else. You're entering the Underground. Now here are your hosts, Jerry Gelliff and Ted Gardella. Good evening, folks. Good evening, Exeter. Good evening, everywhere around the world. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Gelliff here, and he is... Ted Gardella. Ted, oh man. I, you know, if, if I'm a little bit off, it's because I'm angry. Well, you're normally a little bit off. I mean, let's face it, you're, you're almost always a little bit off. So am I. <laughs> and I'm um, always, you know, usually a little bit angry too. Yeah, well, we're going to get through it tonight. Yeah, we will. So do your disclaimer. All right, so just so that everyone knows, especially those of you whose feelings can be hurt easily... This is an opinion show. The things that we express are the opinions of Ted Gardella and Jerry Gelliff and no one else. We're not speaking for anyone else. We're just speaking for ourselves, just our own observations. But those of you who get, you know, hurt by something like that, it's just our opinion. Wah. <laughs> Cry to somebody else. Somebody should call the wambulance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so we'll uh, we we've got guests tonight. Uh, well, we've got guests. We do, don't we? We do. Yeah, uh, that that would be Township Auditor Chairman Dave Vollmer is going to be calling in at some point, which will be cool. Yeah, cool. because because Dave is number one, a really solid dude, right. and doing a great job for this township. He is. He's he's actually helping to you know analyze and expose things that could be made better. You know what the main thing about Dave is? What's that? He doesn't whine. Well. He doesn't whine. He doesn't complain about it. I don't people. know about that. He might whine just about things that we don't you know, hear. <laughs> you know, like he could very well whine about, uh, you know, I don't like what I had for dinner tonight. I'd rather have a hamburger. I don't know. Um, I do that. I, He's not going to whine about people's opinions, though. That's is probably he? true. Probably okay. true. Yeah. So, hey, let's let's talk about, you know, what we were originally planning to do. I had a wonderful conversation today with uh, Jeanette D'Angelo, who is the president of the Reading Civic Theater. Um, we talked about um, the move for, of the RCT, as it's as it's known, uh, from uh, Reading out to Exeter. Uh, probably what people don't know is I've been involved in RCT for about five, six years because my daughter loves musical theater and she was in a couple of the shows. Right. Um, Jeanette is an amazing uh, director, choreographer, performer. I I'll tell you this. Give her background. I I'll tell you. Well, you know, Jeanette, uh, so she has a lot in common with Ted Gardella. She was a math teacher um, oh. at Reading High School for many years. And those people who know Jeanette, she is she might be small in physical stature. Like I don't know if she's five foot, but I'll tell you what, she stands eight foot tall. I mean, 
I, I have a feeling I know exactly how her classrooms were run. <laughs> because I can tell you, anybody who can take like 40, you know, 13 to 17-year-old kids and turn them into a production of Les Mis, that's, that's a woman who knows how to handle people. And that's what Jeanette, that Jeanette's done an amazing job. So um, she's been president of RCT for the past six years. She's a director. She does choreography. Her daughter is wonderful too. Uh, 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 Angelo D'Angelo. Um, I, it's always hard for me to say that name just because of, you know, the... the uh, There's a lot of A's the there. The rhythm, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Angela's wonderful. She has her, her own little... Um, performing gigs that she does and she does a lot of uh, internet stuff um, you know like I said full disclosure I've known Jeanette for you know several years my daughter was in her shows you know it's we, we've been members of RCT it's just an amazing group and and what's fascinating to me is that the group actually started in the 1800s in 1894 oh, there, wow. was, there was something called the Reading Civic Opera Society mm-hmm. and then that eventually morphed um, in the 40s into RC uh, RCT um, and they started doing more and more, you know, Broadway shows. So the, the other thing about Jeanette that I'm sure a lot of people who know her know, she did the Reading High School musicals for 45 years. Yeah. You know, I mean, that. first of all, you're a teacher, and then you do the, the musical as well. I mean, that's... Hey, teach, stick around for another oh, four or five goodness hours. goodness gracious. People who know about, you know, performances, about musicals or... Uh, orchestra or band or marching band, they know how much time that takes. So um, she she watched the theater program grow, and uh, many of the kids that she had in her shows have gone on to become uh, performers, producers in uh, in much larger arenas. Um, the reason they came to Exeter is because the building that they're presently in in Reading needed a lot of work. Yeah. In fact, I think I remember. Olivia, that's my daughter. I think I remember her going to some rehearsals and there was no air conditioning. And so it was a very, oh boy. very hot and sweaty and they're dancing. And, you know, I believe my daughter did, uh, uh, really? Joseph and the amazing, amazing technology Gene Gene cloak. Okay. I, it, oh God, it it's had to be 15 years ago. Possible. Or but so, so the building they were in needed a lot of work and they've been looking for a place. And so what was great is that Boscov's worked with them because the Fox Theater was was empty. Right. And uh, so they have a new home. They're they're doing a lot of work. I've already seen some pictures of the demo work that they're doing yeah. internally. Yeah. Um, but the great thing about the location is there's tons of parking and there's also lots of access to restaurants. So people who are coming to a show maybe can go out and have something to eat before they come to the show. And then they can, you know, there's, there's plenty of parking in that complex. So it's really a, a great uh, opportunity to have, you know, live musical theater in the Exeter community. And um, I did ask her about the 2022 season, and it's exciting. They're going to do uh, a premiere of a Disney show called The Descendants, and then they're going to do Guys and Dolls, which is absolutely one of my favorites. I mean, I, yeah. I, I love that show. Yeah. Um, and then I, I can't wait to see this, but they're going to be doing the full Monty in December. That's the one with the boxes, uh, right? Uh, they spin the boxes. I don't know whether it's boxes or whether the lights go out at strategic time. No, but I mean that that happens, uh, right? Yeah. I, I, okay. I don't know. Um, so that's going to be it's going to be a fun series, and um, they're always looking for people. If you want to be an actor, if you want to be a singer, if you want to work on the technical end, maybe you want to work backstage. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you're a musician who wants to play in the pit. 
Um, they're always looking for people. You can contact uh, Jeanette D'Angelo. She's on Facebook. But you could also go to the website, which is simple. It's readingcivic.org. That's uh, Reading. I think you all know how to spell that. Should. Civic, C-I-V-I-C dot org. Um, so again, this is going to be great for Exeter because for every one of those shows, area restaurants are going to get business. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll bring people in. And and here's another thing, and I'm, I'm just going to say this. Um, people on Facebook and Nextdoor are always talking about the fact that there's nothing for young people to do. Right. Here's an opportunity for them to actually socialize with people to be in a collaborative troupe, to have yep. to work, you know, whether you're a lead or whether you're, you know, uh, somebody who's in the chorus. All of those people have to work together to put something like this on. And it's a big endeavor. So, you know, parents, you want you want something positive for your kids to do. You want to get them off that couch. Right. Um, you want to get them out of the house and maybe interacting with other people and learning how to deal with people with different uh, ideas and different philosophies. Please check out uh, Reading Civic Theater and um, get your kids a chance. I mean, I, well, you know, I'm I'm a little bit biased, but I, I I just remember going to all of my daughter's shows and just being blown away. Right. Not just by Olivia, although that's true, um, but by all the kids. You know, you see these kids who are anywhere from you know ten to eighteen, and you go, oh my gosh, they're they're actually putting on a show. They've worked together for weeks. They're doing these performances. Sometimes, you know, sometimes there's pit orchestra and you, you see those kids and you go, wow, it's, it's just a great opportunity. So I'm, I'm really glad that, that Jeanette shared her time with me today Yep. Um, and shared the answers to our questions. Uh, what I'm, you know, what I'm dealing with kind of is that um, evidently once it was announced that we were going to have a guest. So let's go to the very beginning. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now we, we get word of the Reading Civic Theater Right. Uh, leasing the space at uh, the old Fox Theater. Right. And you call me and go, hey, right. I know Jeanette. Maybe I can get her for the show. And I was like, yeah, man, do it. It's going to be awesome. Right. So you contact her. She says, yes. Come up with some questions. Right. We're all excited. She's excited. We're excited. Yeah. We're going to be, we're going to be promoting her thing. We're going to be doing right. it in a positive manner. Right, right, right. You know, despite the fact that we're both such absolute scumbags, <laughs> we're going to be promoting in a positive <laughs> manner, you know? So then what happened today? So, Ted? so, you know, um, there was obviously an electronic campaign. Mm -hmm. There were people who have, and nobody can see me doing air quotes except for you, have concerns about, you know, our show. I, I think it's, they have fears. They're, they're a group of people, to my way of thinking, that don't want positive change to happen in Exeter. They don't, they don't want people to look behind the curtain and try and make things better. You know, they're, they're for whatever reason, you know, maybe it's the golf course that they want. You know, I just want to keep the golf course the golf course and I want to keep the rates the rates. Or yep. maybe it's the school district. Well, I just want the school district to be the school district. And I'm not really concerned that, you know, 70% of the kids are not proficient in mathematics. That doesn't It doesn't have me. to get better. Yeah, right. It's, it's, it's good just the way it is. They don't want progress. And so they, they unfortunately unleashed a campaign. And I, I talked to Jeanette about this. And she was, she was very disappointed because she was excited. She wanted to be on yeah. on the uh, the podcast, and and I assured her that we would, 
you know, do a lot of positive promos about this. You know, when yep. the shows come on, we'll be excited about that. Um, and we will be. But it, yeah, no, it's, I, I it's have just no a shame in- that they're these, you know, small minded people who are evidently afraid. No, I'm not going to crap on Reading Civic Theater because of these morons. Right. Okay. Because of these morons who don't have the guts to get in my face and say things about me. Instead, they're going to work behind the scenes and they're going to try to sabotage what we're doing here and what I do elsewhere. Right. What these morons want to do. I'm sure that in whatever these emails were or whatever, they were calling me names. So F them. I'm going to call them names too. The hell with them. Well, they're morons. They're idiots. They're pieces of crap. Okay. Well, I'm going to temper not- you a little bit. I'm going to say they're small-minded people. Because they're small-minded pieces the of crap. We we are happy to engage. And you know what? I engage all the time with people who disagree with me. It's part of my job. So do I. You know, it, it it doesn't it doesn't scare me. But evidently, some of these people are really scared. They're scared about different opinions. Ted, we have done, as we said at the beginning, we've done four shows. Right. And we already have people stirred up in this town to the point that not only won't they face us. Right. But they go behind our backs to sabotage us in four shows. Yeah. Ted, this is an amazing thing. <laughs> we are accomplishing something that's really amazing. And you know what? It all starts with the Exeter Examiner and the way people have dumped on me for... Now, you know, the, whatever it is, 15 months right. that, that it's been in existence, six, 16, 17 months, it's been in existence. And, and the way they've been dumping on me and how I'm, I'm this closed minded, this, that, and the other thing. And, and they've had nothing but bad things to say about me. But you know what I realize right now, Ted, What's that? do you know who you're talking to? No, I don't know who I'm talking to. You're talking to the most powerful man in Exeter. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize that that that's who I was sitting across the table from. Because, you know, if, if you look at our surroundings, they're not very impressive. No, it's four walls <laughs> with some uh, with, with some, with some acoustic rubber, tiles. Yeah, some acoustic tiles on them, you know. And uh, it, it's really not too impressive. Right, right. But you know who you're sitting across from? I'm, I'm sitting across from the most powerful man in Exeter Township. That's right. You're that's who you people. have. You're scaring people, man. This, so am I, evidently. Yes, you are too. You're, you're guilty by association. You're scary. You're the second most powerful man in Exeter. I do love that effect. That is, that is pretty cool. That is pretty funny. Uh, it is pretty theatrical, if you don't mind my saying, after our piece on RCT. And, and as you said, we're going to keep promoting the positive things that are happening in Exeter. We have plans to promote some businesses and give them just some positive shout outs. Um, But we're also not going to be shy about peeling back the Band-Aid and exposing the scab that's on lots of issues here in our town. We want to make this town better. We want to make the school district better. We want to make the Board of Supervisors better. And I think they want to make things better and they're working hard at it. So, hey, you know what? Um, I was really happy that Jeanette reached out and said, well, I at least want to provide answers to your questions. Um, hopefully, you know, these folks will, uh, you know, either fade off into the woodwork or, you know, when the light comes on, they'll crawl back into the corners where they were, you know, in the, in the dark. Um, or maybe someday one of them will call us and debate us. You know what? I, I welcome that tonight. Later, uh, 
after Dave Vollmer, we're going to do a little call-in segment. And I'm going to invite some of these people to call and talk to the most powerful man in Exeter. Will you do every response with the echo? I can. <laughs> Hello, Dave Vollmer. How are you today? No, not Dave. I think we, we play straight with Dave. Do you know who you're talking to, Dave? <laughs> I think he might question that. <laughs> he questions my sanity anyway. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, thanks very much to Jeanette. Um, we wish the Reading Civic Theater all of the best. We hope everyone will come out for the shows. We help. We we hope all of you will get involved. Maybe volunteer. Maybe serve as an usher. Uh, maybe serve as a ticket taker. You know, ask Jeanette what she needs help with. Uh, maybe have your kids um, join in. I I can. I can vouch. I, you know, like I said, I, I've enjoyed every theater experience my daughter has been involved in, um, and it, it, honestly, when you see the fact that some thirty or forty kids are getting together under the direction of of caring adults, and they're putting together something pretty amazing, um, you will want your kids to be involved. And hopefully, there'll be, you know, what would be great is if there were some summer programs for kids. Again. Every time, from now on, whenever I see somebody say, oh, there's nothing for kids to do. There is now. Sign them up yeah. for Reading Civic Theater. Have them audition. Even if they're in the chorus, they're going to have a great time. Yep. And they're going to learn about how to work with people. And yep. they're going to see the leads. And they're going to aspire to improve. Maybe they'll improve their singing. Maybe they'll improve their, their acting chops. Maybe they'll become comedians and want to be in a comedy show. Um, you know, Maybe they'll become character actors or whatever but i can guarantee you they won't be sitting on your couch complaining about what what, what can i do dude i'll tell you this okay whatever it was two weeks ago we went to the high school production of beauty and the beast did you go i did not go it was amazing right, right. there is a lot of talent in the kids in this town. There's a lot of talent throughout all of Reading. I mean, we have we have a number of community theater groups. There's one in Birdsboro, yep. uh, you know, that's just fantastic. My daughter did a lot of shows there and did a lot of uh, uh, music directing there. Um, you know, we have great shows at our colleges. You know, Albright does great mm -hmm. shows. Uh, Alvernia. I mean, there there is an awful lot of performing talent in the Reading greater area. And they have a lot of outlets yeah. for that. So we want that to grow. I'm uh, I'm just thrilled that they're going to be in Exeter, where the most powerful man in Exeter can go to their shows. Well, maybe we'll do a review. And maybe even the second most powerful man in Exeter. We'll go to the shows. Well, definitely, you know. <laughs> All right. So we have a um, couple things going on, right? I mean, we want to do some... We want to do some clips from the Board of Supervisors special meeting. Yes, uh, we can do week, that. Um, which which was really interesting. And I think there's... Yeah, let's set that whole thing yeah, up. Yeah, I, I think there's... Um, so the Board of Supervisors convened a special meeting. And you know, folks, if you don't think this board is trying to do things differently, you are not watching. You're not paying attention at all. So no. they the, the idea was, as it was explained to me, that they were... Uh, they were going to conduct a workshop meeting. This was for them to talk. Yes, there was going to be the public there. Yes, there was going to be time for people to talk, but it wasn't going to be a back and forth. And, and normally, 
I'd be pissing and moaning about that, but they wanted to get some work done and they wanted to discuss. Right. So what a great idea. And then us sitting in on it. Right. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. I think that perhaps, but, but, but as they, you know, maybe they did plan that they weren't, but they certainly got an earful. It was an opportunity. There oh were, yeah. There were 30 or 40 people there. Uh, people were giving their opinions. A lot of people stayed all the way through and then, you know, had individual conversations with the board of supervisors. They're yep. making themselves accessible, which is wonderful to see. Um, yes. Is there a lot? Is there a lot to do? Is there a lot to work on? Absolutely. But, you know, they even talked about, well, maybe we need to do three meetings a month. Maybe, right. maybe we can't do everything we need to do in two meetings a month. Yeah. So kudos to them. I mean, every single yep. one of them, George Bell, Carl Staples, Diane Reeser, David Hughes, Michelle Kircher, they were all listening not only to each other, yep. but to the community. Yep. So I think that was uh, pretty amazing. Um couple things and and i think we'll draw all of this together well Um, why don't we say this okay okay. so so to me the big three or four things that came out of this meeting was that that all of them touched on was uh in no particular order that the township website needs a bunch of work oh my gosh and and haven't we heard that well i mean we've witnessed it well and and if you're on facebook or next door you see complaints about the the Exeter website about the email process. Yeah. Uh, if you've been on there for the last couple of years, you've seen there's no responsiveness by township staff. You know, emails go unanswered. Uh, requests for information happens go to me. So we we've heard that. That's that's that was a big big thing. But that's me. Yeah. I mean, they hate me. No. Because I'm critical of them, and you know why I'm critical of them? Because I'm the most powerful man in all of Exeter. Well, there is a concept, and I, I think people don't, I, I know people don't understand this concept, and that is the concept of the critical friend. You have to have a friend who's yes. able to, to criticize you, and Absolutely. you have to be open to listening, to, because that's how we, we grow. That's, that's how exactly we grow right. and get better. So people are uncomfortable with critical friends. Yep. They always are. I mean, I am, but you know, people have helped me to grow by you know, criticizing some of my thoughts, some of my writings, some of what I've done, some of the decisions I've made. So I think that's what people are forgetting is that critical friends are very important. Um, so we heard a lot about the website and it was really interesting. I don't know if you're ready to play that clip yet. Yeah. But it, it, it was up. really interesting to hear Diana Reeser talk about the fact that, oh, I've looked at the contract for the website. Yeah. So let's hear what Diane yeah. has to say. One of the things I know, the contract's very big, so I did look to see if they were responsible for making updates, you know, things like that, and they are not. So it's a very slim contract. Um, we don't really hold them accountable for anything, and I don't remember exactly how much longer, I want to say another year or two, that we have an agreement with them. I, I don't hold me to that, I have to look. But so uh, it is a concern. I mean, um, we are actually the employees here. Um, some of them within the building update the website. And like with other, you do have a webmaster, Mr. Whitehoff, who would, um, you would contact them. Other municipalities have uh, the company they use, you know, they email them. Okay, it's getting a little far afield. Yeah, now. But, but you know what? It's, it's, Previous administration, previous board of supervisors signed a contract. That contract's yep. not very good. Right. We're, we're stuck with it, but they, they are aware of it and they're going to be making changes. They're going to be 
changing the way the website operates. They're going to get a better vendor. But, you know, how how much of an admission was that? It's like, look, I've read this contract and it's pretty slim. They don't yep. have to update it. Yep. They don't have to, you know, help us with it. We're stuck with, you know, our staff having to to provide updates, people who may that may not be their normal job to work on a website, you know? So I, I think what they were what they were saying is we certainly hear you. We certainly hear you, community of Exeter. We need a better website. We need to be more responsive. We need a better email, you know, uh, conduit. And we're aware of it, and we're gonna we're gonna be making those changes. So again, you know, people have been complaining about that website and the emails and the responsiveness as as long as I've you know been online and watching it. So it's great that they're gonna be focused on that. And that was a, a great you know that was a that was a concept that came as you say if if you were listening to that. It was one of the big concepts that came out of that. Yeah. I, they, they also uh, touched on the need for a full fiscal uh, forensic audit. And and I think based on some of the things that Dave Hughes said about the enter, enterprise resource uh, planning system, mm-hmm. that it's being controlled by one person and it's not being utilized by... I think he said that less than 10, it's being utilized less than 10% of its capacity. Mm-hmm. We spend $35,000 a year on this software mm-hmm. and it's not being used. Right. And that's a yearly fee. Yes. Get rid of it or use it to advantage. Right. Right. And it's not being used that way now. So they also, uh, a couple of people called, a couple of the supervisors called for, you know, getting the whole emergency services thing straightened out, getting them housed properly, right? which I, is right, but but it's not up to Promenade. Right. <laughs> Promenade, you know, for those who are continuing to try and, uh, you know, keep this thing on life support, they need to understand it's flatlined. The Promenade is done. And it was a mistake. So... People who are responsible for the promenade mm-hmm. need to actually step up and say, you know what? We goofed. Yeah. We probably shouldn't have bought the thing. Certainly after we found out that there was mold and that the buildings weren't usable, we we should have backed out. I mean, every one of those purchase agreements has an out clause based on inspections. I, did, I, I don't care what anybody says. They knew about all that stuff and ignored it because they knew because they, they were going to be tearing they, they it wanted down. To, they wanted to, yeah. re, you know. Yeah. Repurpose the whole thing. So that wasn't, you know, that was interesting. And and again, I think that was somebody brought up the promenade again. And, and the board basically said, this is not a one man decision. This entire board killed yeah. that thing. Yeah. That's it's right. Dead. It was unanimous. It's, it's over. Dead. It's over. It's going up for sale. You are beating a dead horse. We are going to try and recoup some of the misspent money mm-hmm. and get back some of what we get. Now, I think it was. Damning. I was actually surprised that this admission was made. Yeah. Was about the seven million dollars. Okay. So that was that was brought up by former supervisor Vinnie Biancone. Right. And uh, in full disclosure, Vinny's a buddy of mine. I happen to like Vinny very much. He's a good dude. Okay. <laughs> so so here's what Vinny had to say. Vinny Biancone, thirty six oh nine, per human habit. Mr. Hughes and I have had a tumultuous relationship. He and Dave hate each other. They hate each other. Tumultuous was the word that he used. I, that is really a mild form. 
Well, let's go on. Okay. <laughs> At least. Um, so the seven million dollars I keep bringing up is for when I was appointed on the board in 2018. Uh, there were seven million dollars. They weren't even 100 percent sure where the money came from. It was in a CD, a 20-year CD. It came due. At that time, the wastewater treatment plant was being sold. I didn't choose to sell it, but I had to finish the job. So that money then was put into a CD by the township manager for six months before I even got on board. So then that January, when it came due, we could have used that money any time. We did not, but we could have, okay? Um, legally, we could have. Now, we did make changes so that the township manager cannot just move $7 million himself without the board knowing into a CD. So that was a change that we did so that they showed there was more accountability. Um, and then we did use it to buy the promenade and we used it to when we settled the Viva dispute. Okay, so that's, to me, that's super interesting. There's $7 million. We don't know where it came from. Yes, we do. That money was earmarked for water plant maintenance and improvements. That's right. What, that's what it was for. Right. And then it was in a 20-year CD, and then that matured. We had $7 million in a CD for 20 years. Don't get that. Then once it matured, we put it in a six-month CD so that we could, you know, wait. And, and then, you know, we could have spent it at any time, but we didn't. We were, you know, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he admits we used it to buy the promenade and to settle the Viva lawsuit. Wow. Those were great decisions, weren't they? Settling that lawsuit, what did that cost us over time? Uh, it was like $4 million. We've got our guest, Dave Vollmer, oh, calling. Oh, okay. Ready for him? Yeah, Let's, and then we can always go back to Vinny. Okay. Hello, Dave Vollmer. Hey, how's it going? It's going wonderfully, man. How are you? Good, good. Dave, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> the Exeter Examiner. No, you're and talking the to the most powerful man in all of Exeter. <laughs> He's going to keep doing that, Dave. I'm, you know. Yeah, yep, yep. Every time you see me at the township meetings i'm going to carry an echo box he's with going to me. have an echo machine with him and he's going to be introducing you know he's going to have other people introduce themselves to him and then he's going to say do you know who i am I'm... <laughs> so dave we're having you on to tell us about the uh your work as the chair of the board of auditors for exeter township do you want to give us a little bit of your background so that people know who you are where you came from yeah, well, uh, I was born and raised in Elk County. Um, I moved down here in uh, just uh, 2002 uh, after I met my wife and uh, been an Exeter resident now for over, you know, over 20 years. And uh, so I love the township. I started my first business in Exeter Township here and, and I grew, you know, had multiple businesses over the last 20 years. And now I'm semi-retired and, uh, and I have a lot of free time on my hands and I was kind of irritated with the way that the 2020 election went <laughs> and I had to get involved. So seeing the opportunity for the township auditor open up, um, I, I pursued and took some training from the department of state just to see if, if I really wanted to get involved. And once I took the training, I saw some opportunity that hasn't been taken in the past uh, to, to help provide some value to the township. And so I took it and here we are today. And don't forget that you ran a writing campaign. I, yes, I did. You yep, actually yeah, applied I, some shoe leather to get yeah to get elected. Yeah, yep, yep. I had a couple buddies. Um, we w we went to probably six or seven precincts, and uh, 
you know, handed out my cards and told people who I was and, and they wrote me in. So it was a, it was a good deal. Yeah. It was, it was a great way to, to run a campaign for what has been in the past, you know, a little known, a little known position. And and that's one of the things I, I want you to talk about, Dave. Yeah. As we think about the history of this, this, quasi-governmental, you know, group, um, why weren't they active with previous boards? I mean, you're, you're doing a great job. The boards, you know, had you in a couple of different times. You've done some really good presentations. But I want to know the backstory. Why why hasn't this been a regular feature of Exeter Township? Well, it's, it's not just Exeter Township. It's actually all of Pennsylvania. So according to the second, top, uh, second class township code, it states that if uh, the township hires a cpa firm the township auditors are basically null and void but it says there's a but but must perform other duties well everyone took that and still a a lot of places are taking it as okay if we hire a cpa firm the auditors are out well i disagree with that wholeheartedly i i agree on the financial side but the other uh our other job duties are to audit systems and processes within the township. And it doesn't have to necessarily be the finances. So when I found this information out, you know, because when people tell me I can't do something, I really like to try to figure out how to do it. Um, especially <laughs> if we can add value. So as I discovered this, you know, I began talking to the, the new board members, you know, even before the reorganization meeting, because I, I wanted the support of the board. Because I knew we were going to run into problems with some township employees in being resistant in saying this isn't how we do this. Um, you know, they were going to try everything they could. So with the board buy-in, you know, it just helped because they want transparency too. You know, that's I'm, I'm very happy to say that working with this board, you know, if this would have been last year's board, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to get anywhere. I agree with you, and and you know. You raise a really great point about CPA firms and, and hiring auditors, and and I've I've done this you know since you know I had to have audits done in in school districts when I was a superintendent. You, the auditors you hire, they're working for you, they're, right? They're it's not in their best interest un, unless it's a really shaky and shoddy operation, um, and and even then they're very gentle in how they oh well we found some irregularities here you know it's not really. Um, it, 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 what it's not what people think it is. You're not hiring somebody to come in and really go through your stuff and, and help you get better. You're hiring someone to come in and say, you're doing a great job. No problems here. Let's just keep going. We'll be back next year for another $60,000 to tell you how great a job you're doing. What I appreciate about what you and the other auditors did is you said, look, that's fine. If you want them to do your finances, that's fine. But there's a whole heck of a lot else that we can help you with. And I think that's what you're starting to do. Um, Correct. Yeah. yeah. We're digging into the website, you know, the contract of the website, um, you know, I'll be presenting this stuff or, or the board will be bringing it up on Monday. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to fall into place yet. I, I didn't get a chance to talk to him because I'm finalizing my report on that, but I'm doing, you know, deep dives and reviews of, of all the systems in the township, you know, from, from even the financial software on how it functions utilization um, through all all the different soft, softwares, the permitting, the email system, you know, the security that, you know, kind of just looking at the whole thing to try to make sure that, you know, everything is on point. And if it's not, you know, I'm going to give, you know, the recommendations on, on how to get it on point. And then the supervisors can, 
you know, you know, take it for what, what it's worth and, you know, give direction to take care of it or, or, or not. You so, know, that's, so tell us a little bit about your colleagues. Cause I, you know, I've been in, in some of the meetings where I've been in some of your meetings and then I've been in meetings where you guys have presented to the board. Um, tell us a little bit about the other people who are on the board of auditors. Yeah. John, now John Dubach, um, he used to be an auditor for the U S military for right. 25 years. Um, I believe he came out as a Colonel, uh, or a full bird. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but the man has tremendous knowledge of auditing and it was systems and processes. And then he also came from the business background. His father had, a, a, I think a mining company to that nature and they, they did bricks or clay and he, you know, he worked for there and his father had a thousand employees. Wow. So big operation. He, he did a lot of work there and, and then he left there to go to the military you know, and take that on for his last, you know, 25 years. So John, John brings a lot of expertise and guidance. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like the voice and the loud guy in the room, but John is the guy that has all the knowledge, you know, because he's done this for so long. And then, uh, and Jesse, you know, he, he's been anxious to be involved for the last couple of years because he got involved because the, I guess it was the libertarian party reached out to him and said, Hey, there's an opening a few years ago. Why don't yes, you run? Did. He was, he was very frustrated, you know, for the first two years because he, he, they wouldn't let him do anything. Yeah, um, I can imagine it, that frustration and, yeah. and especially, you know, like what you've said about, um, about, about John is that, you know, here we have this incredible resource and nobody's listening. You know, it's like this is a person who has solved problems before and you have some problems. I mean, everyone acknowledges that. So such a powerful uh, way to, to improve, to actually, you know, look at all the systems, all the processes, analyze them. You know, if if, if they really are state of the art, great. But right. if they're not, and we can improve them, especially with, without spending a you know a ton of money, or maybe saving some money, or maybe switching to a different software program that costs less but does more. What was it? Tastes great, less filling. Uh, costs less, does more. <laughs> Miller Lite. So I I just love your the background and and the fact that all three of you are also doing training, you know, to come up to speed on on what we can do as a second class township. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know we're 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 always taking training because the PSATs, uh, it's the Pennsylvania State Township Supervisors or Township Managers or, or something to that nature. They offer tons of courses for us, and it helps us, you know, really dig in and learn about the township because you know this is my first time ever dealing with municipalities or or dealing with any kind of this stuff. So they they run a lot different than a regular business. So we we've been really pushing forward, taking these courses and, and learning. So, you know, so we understand, you know, so we don't fall out of line. You know, that that's the biggest thing. You know, Dave, it's it's a it's a great way to contribute to the community. Um, you know, applaud you for for what you're doing. I, I know you say you, you got time on your hands, but a lot of other guys with time on their hands go fishing uh, or golfing. Yeah, they might go golfing. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to work its way in somewhere. Uh, yeah. But I, I just think this is a great way to contribute. Um you know, and and I think we we all acknowledge there's work to be done. Um, it's gonna it's it's not gonna be easy. I think at the last meeting you you identified that hey you know some people have been great to work with and others have been kind of resistant. And so the board actually passed a resolution. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, go with that. Yeah. So 
the, the reason that happened is because some of the employees were really pushing again and, and, and stating that I was overstepping my, our bounds as the auditor and, you know, getting the board buy in right from the beginning and, and being very transparent with them. What what the intent was is I kind of anticipated this happening. Um, and then the board stepped in and said, listen, you, you know, how do we just ax this in the butt right now? Because we want the board of auditors to continue doing what they've been doing since they started in January. And how do we do that? And the solicitor said, well, you know, if the board votes on it, you know, that's that's the way it is. No one can question that anymore. So that really opened up the doors for us to really just start moving forward. I mean, in the last week and a half, you, you know, things have really opened up and I don't have to work so hard. And the other guys don't have to work so hard to to get access to the things that we need and produce the reports that the supervisors are looking for. Because what's what's nice is, you know, we're just the information gatherers. And with our skill sets behind us, we're able to dive into things that the, that the supervisors just don't have time for. And, you know, they're the ones that make the decisions. They're the ones that set the policy. All we're doing is bringing them the information. And, you know, some of the information I brought, they're like, wow, we, we would have never found that. Right. Just it's, we don't it's, have it's because you're an external, you know, you're an external agent. And so, you know, self-examination is hard, um, you know, and admitting that maybe you're not doing the best job you can do. That's hard. So having an external agent that, you know, as you say, your goal you guys aren't there out, aren't out there to do gotchas. You're out there to help and to provide information. And I think that's what this board really appreciates. And I think in time, the staff will appreciate it too because they're going to see, hey, you know what? This this makes us better. This makes us more supported in the community. Now the community really knows what we do, and you know we've we've gotten good input and we're making some improvements to the processes and structures and systems. Um, it, it's all to the good. And I, I really, I applaud you and your colleagues for putting in that time, for putting in the time on the training end and then, you know, doing the analysis and, and that first report that you mentioned. So you're bringing a report on the website. We just played that clip from uh, Diane Reeser and, you know, we were all at that meeting and we heard people talking about the website and the emails and the fact that there's no communication. And so I think this is going to be illuminating for the board of supervisors and it will help us as we navigate from one contract and one vendor who nobody's happy with to another and we'll, we'll be able to say look let's make sure that we get all of the features that we need to communicate with our township so i again you, you guys you've done you've done everything right so uh, congrats yeah. Well, we're just trying <clears throat> and we're just getting started because, you know, our overall goal is to work with all the employees, have them help us write the policy that can be audited in the future. You know, because we're not the experts, the employees at their jobs are the experts. You know, these these people know what they do day in and day out. But how can someone uh, you know, oversee that? Well, so. You know, if we get all these systems right, we're going to have them help us write the policies and we're going to create, you know, the audit, another auditor's handbook basically for Exeter Township that we can pass on to all future auditors. And then there'll be this perfect checks and balances because the employees wrote the policy. They, they wrote basically the audit. And now the new auditors can come in. If there's new new staff members, they can take a look at what they're doing. Is it working or isn't it working? It's going to be really transparent. Well, and and. One of the things that, that I know David Hughes has brought up and I think some other folks 
you know, this is going to help with job descriptions. This is going to help with, you know, the, the processes that employees are, are going to be. It will actually be protective for them because, yeah. you know, if somebody comes in and says, well, I want you to do this this way. Well, I'm sorry, but, you know, we've gone through a comprehensive audit. We've looked at all of our systems. We've created new systems that have been approved by the board. And this is the way we're going to do business. So, again, total transparency. It's great. Um, folks, if, if you haven't been, uh, auditor meetings are, to me, they're interesting. Um, but especially when you guys are on the agenda with the Board of Supervisors, I think people should pay attention to that. Do you want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, are your meetings open to the public? Yeah, so we, we only had <clears throat> our one meeting so far because basically because we don't make policy or procedures we don't really have to abide by the Sunshine Act because we're just information gatherers. So we have just been digging into the systems and processes. So as it comes in the future, I think the best way to do it is is to have it at the supervisors meetings, just because then we present the information to them. <clears throat> because before we have the information ready to present, we really can't talk about it because we don't have all the data. Yet. You, you know, so, so that's kind of why we haven't had any formal meetings um but we, we talk amongst ourselves and and go down the rabbit holes and then as soon as we find things and we're able to present that that's when we bring it to the board of supervisors just because it's a public meeting and then they're hearing it too almost for the first time they may get a highlight of it but this way here you know that they're surprised too you know and it's kind of bringing all the information at light and then they, then they make the decisions on it so you're you know, on the you're on the agenda, right? You're on the agenda each month. Yes. Okay. Well, whenever we request it, yeah. Gotcha. So now to piggyback on something that Ted said before about how uh, you know your work is going to make the township more uh, efficient, how it's going to make the employees more efficient. Right now, as was said the other night at the meeting, there are no job descriptions. How do these people know what they're supposed to be doing? So. Right. You're going to actually, eh, it's a real clumsy way to say it, but you're going to be showing them what they're supposed to be doing. Well, yeah. I mean, some of the job descriptions are, are, are start, started being writing and, and, you know, they're starting to be written. Um, I've, I've taken a look at some of them. The staff, some of the staff is working diligently to put them together, but then we got to go through and does it match, you know, all the systems that we have in play. You know, so it, it's going to be an evolutionary thing where it's going to be constantly evolving. But once we get the base of those job descriptions done, you know, they can just keep modifying them into the future. And it's really going to tighten it down over. I'd say the next 12 months are going to be key in, in getting all this information together, because in the past, it just nothing happened. I, I love the use of that term evolutionary, Dave. I really do. Because I think some people are afraid that what you're trying to do is revolutionary. You're not trying to, you know, come in and dump all the apples and, you know, you're trying to come in and, you know, make this all better. And so I really like your use of the term evolutionary. I think that should help the staff uh, understand. I, I, I like the move that you asked the board to make and that they made. Um, so I, uh, again, I think... We're not firing in all cylinders yet, but we at least have uh, have have changed out a couple of rough spots, and we got the wheels on the we, road. We got it. We got you know the possibility to make some things happen in a positive way. So, again, oh, thanks for you just stepping up and uh, volunteering. You know your time and your training, and um, you know and and just your 
your valuable experience and, and especially that of your colleagues. Um, it, it really is. I mean, to have somebody with, with that level of experience just trying to help, it's just a, it's a fantastic thing. Dave, one more thing. Did I hear you say in the meeting that you guys chose not to take the pay that comes with these positions? That, that's correct. That's amazing. I, I mean, I'm sure it's a pittance, right? Yeah, it, it's like, you know, it's like 2,500 plus. You could probably get another two grand, you know, maybe up to 4,000 bucks or something like that. But, you know, we looked at it as, you know, we're not doing this for the money. And we knew, too, that we would probably... I'm applauding you. Oh. <laughs> we, we, you know, that we would run into problems if we're not doing the audit. Well, then how do we get paid and all this? And it wasn't worth it to us. Like, we just were here to help. That's it. Bottom line. And, you know, if we can't add value, then then none of us would be doing this. But we are making progress. And the supervisors seem to be happy um, with the progress that we're making. And, and so is the staff. I mean, a lot of the staff really likes taking a look, digging in looking at how their, their systems are working and are they working properly. And, you know, we've identified problems already in small things and they love the changes, you, you know, That's they're like, beautiful. Wow, forward. So, you know, as, as it goes through time, I mean, everybody hates change. We're humans. It's just, it's just how it is. But as we keep changing and things get better and better, I think the the perception of the auditors with the employees is is going to start changing. The perception with the supervisors will start changing more in a positive manner that they're they are there to help. Well, they're I, not I think, you know, I, I always whenever I say that line, you know, nobody likes change except for a baby with a wet diaper. You know, and so <laughs> for all the people who have been whining and crying because their diapers are dirty, uh Dave Volmer and his colleagues are here to uh to help change your diaper and maybe powder your behind and help you dry your tears. So uh, really great work, Dave, and, and so glad that you uh, that you came on to talk with us tonight. And Dave, yeah. you got a new nickname out of this, Huggy. Huggy, okay. <laughs> Dude, thanks for calling in. All right, I appreciate it, guys. And we appreciate what you're doing. Okay, thank you. Okay, good night, Dave. All right, good night. Solid guy. Oh. Did you, we have, this is unbelievable, Ted, because I've lived here now for, we're going on seven years. You're about a similar amount of time, yep, seven, right? Eight years, yeah. For the first time in this time, we have people who are working for us, the people. Yeah. And, and helping to make things better. And, and here's the, here's the real hard truth. And, and I'm saying this for, <clears throat> for all those people, the naysayers and the people who are you know, coming up to us and saying they really like what we're doing. Look, we're not going to get better if we just want things to stay the same. That's right. If you just keep, do, you know, well, I, I, I don't want you to change the golf course. I like the golf course the way it is. Okay, we're not going to get better then. I don't want you to change the way the, the township operates because, because, you know, that'll be hard. Well, then we're not going to get better. I don't That's want right. you to challenge the school district and try and get improve performance uh, and, and lower budgets, well, then we're not going to get better. So for all those people who are shivering in their boots, because uh, can you get the, uh, the, uh, because the most powerful man in Exeter is talking about them, then you don't want to get better. Right. You want to stay the same. And, and like, why would you want to be stagnant? 
Yeah, you know, the only people who like stagnant things are mosquitoes, you know. Ooh, bloodsuckers. Bloodsuckers. Dude, what a great analogy. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, really good. And you know good. what we do? We, 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 we try and get rid of all the stagnant water and we throw, you know, mosquito bombs into the, you know, places where we can. I mean, look, it's not going to be easy. We're not saying it is. Um, it's just nice to be able to analyze and talk about things. Um so I do, if we got time. We've got time. Before your last word. I do want to get back to that uh, Vinny clip. I, I don't want you to replay it, but I, I want people to be thinking about the fact that Vinny admitted that they basically repurposed $7 million in the township budget. Right. To do the things that they, the that, that past board of supervisors, wanted to do. Yep. They wanted the promenade. They wanted to remove a vendor who was already in the Reading Country Club and was committed to providing a venue and making money. Right. They wanted them out for whatever. I, you know, I, I know there was a ton of different controversies about that. And, and so they had to sue them to get them out. And then they had to settle. No, they just padlocked them. Right. Viva sued the township. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. That's so the way that it's, one. It's, that I was mean, $4 million when I, I all was said that's, and done. I think that's a uh, that that's an admission that people should, it should give people pause. That $7 million of our tax money was simply repurposed by five individuals who wanted to who had an agenda? A town center. They wanted this, uh, you know, municipal center. This. Some people have called it a Taj Mahal. Some people have, you know, called it a lot of other things. Um, the good news is that that issue is dead. It's dead. It's over. And hopefully, we'll have some kind of a commercial real estate, um, you know, process that will sell. The promenade will we'll be able to recoup some of that $7 million. We're not going to get back the settlement money, although I think what, what David Hughes was proposing, and I don't know how I don't know how realistic this is, that this firm will come in and, and kind of analyze legal fees and then challenge, you know, the, the legal firms that, that resulted yeah. in those fees. I don't know. The devil's much, advocate. Yeah, I don't know how much that would result in, you know, getting back again, getting back some of the seven million dollars no they would just recoup legal fees right so so they would hope they would hope to get back from uh from the promenade sale and then right and and so other things too other things too like now i i don't think it's done this way anymore but when right to know requests came into the township whoever was the right to know officer just ran them right by the, by the, uh, uh, attorneys and how much are they billing for stuff like that? Right. Instead of just going and getting the information and providing it. Right. That's why these people come up with this number that Dave used cost extra. Oh, it cost him $80,000 and right to know. Well, no, didn't Dave really didn't. Right. Who cost them is the employees who kept calling the damn lawyer. Well, so hopefully Dave, you know, if, if Dave's still listening, I think that that right to know process is a great system for you to, as the board of auditors, to yeah, take a look at at that system because honestly, if if you can just provide the information, and 
Then Why you don't wouldn't have, you? Then you don't have to call any lawyers, and you don't have yeah. to, you know. Now, under right to know, if there's an exorbitant amount of time, you can say to the person who did that right to know, look, we can give you the information, but you're going to have to pay X amount of dollars because mm-hmm. we have to find somebody to put all that information together. Right. That's fair. Sure. But sure it is. if it's just something that's electronic and you can send a couple of emails and here's the answer to the question, why would you go ask just, an attorney? Just give it to them. Yeah. It, it's their right to know. They they pay for it. Just so give it to them. I will be watching to see how much money we recoup from the promenade. Um, and I, I will be wondering what uh, the present board and the present administration will do to ensure that we don't um, just take money that was supposed to be devoted to one purpose in the budget and then repurpose it for a vanity project that uh, you know may not may not uh, weather the storm as it were Dave Vollmer just texted me and said it's on the list awesome awesome <laughs> so okay so now that wraps up that meeting I mean it, it was good there was a lot of public comment and all that other stuff and uh the meeting is up on the township website now. They they recorded it because the the, the planning commission right. was meeting and that's what was up on right. YouTube. Right. So they couldn't run both at the same time. I guess I guess Larry because I went up to Larry and I said people are telling me that they're not seeing the meeting, and he said we well, only have one YouTube channel. Larry, Larry Pierce also, yeah. and he was he was there. We only have one equipment. YouTube channel. I said you know you can get more than one out of that. Oh, I got to look into that. <laughs> well, and and it was great. That, and, and I know that you've apologized for the, the poor quality, but at least you had it up there, you know, live streaming it so that yeah. people could, uh, who couldn't make it to the meeting could see that. Um, got a lot of views. It, it was it's, I had like five or 600 views on that. It's, uh, you know, I, again, the, the, the board of supervisors, they are challenging the status quo. And it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, to, to hear them say that they're willing to put in extra time to come and do an extra meeting because they've they've got things that they've got to do. They've already demonstrated that with the, with the, the way the budget, they came in and did extra meetings so that they could fix the budget that the previous board passed. Yep. Um, so I'm I'm in, I'm optimistic. Yep. We're still going to be watching. If there are things that we disagree with, we're going to identify them. Um, regardless of the people whose feelings might get hurt, and there was uh, a lot of that going on yeah. apparently this week. So, uh, so now let's let's yes. uh, change gears real quick and let okay. me do some shameless promotion. Yes. Over the next month and a half or so, the Exeter Sports Network is going to be covering boys baseball and girls softball. We're going to be covering eight of each team, eight games of each team, and I'm really looking forward to this. We've got our announcers, uh, Darren Ziner and Mike Boyer, local boy Mike Boyer. Everybody knows Mike. That's awesome. And uh, they both do an amazing job. They they did a great job with football. Uh, I would highly suggest that anybody go listen to the Exeter Governor Mifflin game. It's up on, uh, I've got it up on podcast. I think it's the most amazing sports call I've ever heard in my life. Wow. And, and, and it's not me talking about my product like right. that. I mean, these guys were, they were freaking amazing that night. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to the baseball stuff because, you know, it's, you're bringing high school sports to a wider audience. You're yep. allowing those athletes to get, you know, even more, um, recognition for yep. the hard work that they're putting in on the That's field. Right. Um, let's face it, Exeter High School has had a really great 
sports season. Oh, they had a they, great they run. Made a tremendous run. District um, three championship in football. District three championship in bowling. Yeah. Had some district, I, I think one district three champion wrestler. Had some and great they swimming went results. To, yes. And, amazing. Yeah. It's it's been a fantastic year for Exeter Sports. And I think it's uh you know, it, it's very fortunate that we have this ability, you know, eight games of each, um, local people doing, you know. Hyper local sports, right? We're That's hyper. Right. We're hyper local news and opinion. They're hyper local sports. I am sure the parents are thrilled. I uh, hope so because you know if you're a parent of a kid who's on this team and maybe uh, grandma and grandpa aren't in Pennsylvania or maybe aunts and uncles want to listen in or cousins, yep. you know that's what's great. They're able to just. Plug in and listen in and go, oh, my God, that's my cousin who's playing third base. Yep, or, yep. you know, oh, gosh, you know, my niece just hit a home run for the yep. softball team. Yep. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah, that's what it's it, it, it's all about the, the the kids. It's all about getting the athletes something, uh, s- some form of recognition. And uh, because, it, it, you know, I didn't, I will be on. I am not an athlete. I was not an athlete when I was in school. I didn't have a proper appreciation for what these kids to put themselves through, but I do now after dealing with it for two years because I've watched them sweat. I've watched them bleed, et cetera, et cetera, literally. And and it's it, it's really neat. Well, we were blessed for the last uh, couple of years. Um, so my son was involved in both water polo and swimming. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are two sports, you know, not, I mean, not a ton of people come, but when you see the work that they put in. Yep. Um, and, and actually, not just Exeter kids. When you see the talent that is in swimming and water polo in this county, um, just it just makes you think. And, and I have to say at a personal level, I love to see high school bowling become so popular and college bowling become so popular because I'm a bowler. Are you? Be, oh, you be, did tell me that, didn't used you? Used to be, yeah. Two perfect games, an 800 series. Oh, uh, look at you. you know, I, and, and so watching what that sport has become, for young people in high school, and I'm telling you right now, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm old school. I couldn't, I couldn't compete on the conditions that these young people do, yeah. and they are putting a ton of time in. So, congrats to them. I know that. Uh, I think we we highlighted the lacrosse team coming up too. So they're coming up as well. That's right. There's super a good spring for kids, and uh, there's a, volleyball coming. Oh my god, boys volleyball, I believe it is. Yes, great opportunities for and and as I said, Exeter has had a season. This yeah. year, they really have. Yeah, it's been a great sports year. And and kudos have to go to athletic director Tom Legat. Tom is tireless. And Tom even, you know, he has time to answer my silly emails and my silly uh, text messages. And and he he and and everybody who works in that area, like I've, I've gotten to know the people who work in the gym, who work in the stadium. Fabulous people. Great people. We Everybody great, connected. The we coaches. Have a great stadium. The stadium is a, yeah, a great man. place to watch a football game. Yes, it is. Um, it is a great, great place to watch a marching band. Uh, yeah, it really is. It really is. Yes, it is. Um, and so there, there are some, you know, obviously there are some highs and lows. Definitely, this year has been a high in athletics and, and in yep. performing. Yeah, it's been great. So you want to take some calls, see if uh, sure, any if of those to. gutless wonders have want, the maybe they've uh, maybe they've decided to challenge the most powerful man in that. <laughs> oh, sorry, we didn't wait. Do okay, wait, wait, one more time. Maybe, see if they have the time. Maybe they have the time to challenge the most powerful man in Exodus. 
Well done, Ted. I'm glad you're coming around to this. So the number to call, if you want to call and uh, talk to us, debate us, you know, if you've got the guts to face me instead of calling me names behind a, a pen and paper, 484-668-1663, 484-668-1663. We'll give you a couple of minutes to call. 484-668-1663. So I know we're waiting to see if anybody calls in, but do you have a last word for tonight? I do have a last okay. word for tonight. And it it it's just going to revolve around, I mean, Ted, I really am, I'm, I'm severely pissed off about this whole thing. Because, and it's not even from the perspective of, oh, well, we lost a guest. That's not it. This woman needs needs to, um, she, 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 she wanted to, she wanted to yeah. publicize yeah. her Reading Civic Theater Group. Right. And what happened? She got bullied. She got bullied by these sissies who don't have the guts to get in my face. They don't have the guts, Ted. There's no guts, no balls whatsoever. They wouldn't dare get in my face about anything. You know why? Because they are basically bloodsuckers, as you the point that you made earlier. These people don't have anything good to contribute to anything. And instead of facing people as they should my rec my, my home address is, is a matter of uh well, public people, record i don't want people coming to your house i want people or, coming or to my, my house, house you know. but what I, i'm what good I, with it what i will say is that look um it, it was a it was an electronic bullying campaign and cancel culture ted and and you know, they're trying they to cancel us. And, and they didn't even, you know, they didn't even give it a chance. They wanted to stop it before mm -hmm. it even happened. And and we're seeing this with some other, you know, media opportunities that, you know, they're they're trying to, oh, oh, don't, don't, don't listen to those people because they're, they're, they're mean. Come over and listen to us where everything's nice and stagnant and, and we'll just keep doing <laughs> the, the things that we'll, we'll do. Let us come in. And they're, they're almost like vampires, you know. Invite us in, and then mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm I'm tremendously buoyed by uh, Jeanette's enthusiasm and her willingness to you know have a, a nice long conversation this morning and provide answers to our questions so that we could highlight this really positive thing for Exeter, um, and and just as much I'm disappointed in those people who, for whatever reason, they they believe that they know you know, what's in your heart and your mind and That's my right. heart and my mind. And yet they've never engaged, never engaged with us. No, they, they can't be bothered because they don't have, they're not decent human beings. I mean, that's the bottom line. Somebody, if you've got a problem with me, bring it to me, bring it to me. I'm more than glad to debate it. Well, and, and, and I will say, you know, I, I, I just wonder about the, the entire mentality. Cause you know, Hey, look, um, I grew up in a family. My dad was always very proud that he raised, you know, five kids that had extremely different opinions. Um, my older brother and I used to argue all the time about politics. We were on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, but the same two parents raised us. Same two parents who had, you know, uh, both had uh, advanced degrees. They raised kids who, you know, uh, who went to college, had degrees and, and grew up in different ways. I like to think that my kids have have all they're all very different i mean you know my son joe 
uh, was in the Navy. Uh, he's he's doing great things in, in Michigan. He's getting his degree. Olivia just uh, finished her degree at Albright and is doing wonderful things with, with her organization. Uh, my son got, but you know what? Not a one of them agree with me on every subject. And so I feel, I feel a little bad for these people who can't face a different opinion. They can't allow anybody to have a thought that is not theirs. It is an extremely inward and extremely anti-intellectual point to take in life. And, you know, it, it makes me wonder. How do they look at themselves in the mirror? Well, probably very favorably because, you know, they're them. And so they're wonderful. And, you know, we're seeing this, you know, with with the points that we bring up about the school board and the school district that we know make them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but they don't want to hear that. That's why they love the fact that there's only four minutes of public comment for each person because they can they can stand four minutes and, you know, they can just ignore uh, whoever's up there for four minutes, look yep. down at their laptop, yep. you know, and then after that's done, then they can just go on with doing things the way they want to do. So, yep. hey, you know, we're not going away, folks. So, Ted, the actual last word is that uh, until until all of this stuff happened today, since I am the most powerful man in Exodus, Up until all this stuff happened today, I'm convinced this is like people who were golfers, okay? (laughs) I was going to let them keep their golf course, (laughs) but now I'm going to take their golf course away from them. Why? Because I am the most powerful man in Exodus. So with a snap of your fingers, you can take the RCC and transform it from a golf course where there's there's cheap taxpayer-supported golf to maybe, you know, uh, a public park or or a development with 500 townhouses. <laughs> no, it's not going to be a snap of my fingers, but I am going to take it away. <laughs> I'm, do- I, I, I'm done being nice. I'm taking away their golf course. <laughs> I'm done with them. I'm taking away their golf course. Beware. Boy, I'm taking away your golf boy, course. Boy, that should scare them. And I can do it because I am, Ted, say it. The most powerful man. Okay, we got to stop doing that because we're having too much fun with that. So no, no more echo. We got to stop it. I'm going to do this again next week. <laughs> we should have a lot to talk about next week because we have a supervisors meeting next week. Um, we also have a special voting meeting where they're for gonna, the school board where they're, they're going to yes. uh, put their anointed uh, person on the school board. Yeah, replace, they've already got the person picked. To replace Mike Japina. Yeah. Um, who is, you know, now off becoming a, you know, a, a uh, how can I say this nicely? I'll tell you what he's not. He's controlling the narrative. I'll tell you what he's not. But he's not the most powerful man in exile. No, he's probably a little afraid of the most powerful. <laughs> I don't know about that. So anyway, I think that's the show. And, uh, I personally am happy with it, regardless of the fact that these losers took away our guest. Well, it, they they think they did, but Jeanette gave us a ton of time, probably more time than she would have spent on the show. Oh, absolutely. You know, she, she really devoted a lot of time and gave us answers to our questions and um, really wanted, you know, 
wanted to engage. And so I, I thank her for all the time that she spent um, working with us to, to at least get the message out. Really want to thank Dave Vollmer. Yes, Not absolutely. only for coming on the show, but for all that he's doing. Yep. And, and his colleagues, John and Jesse. Yep. We are very fortunate to have three people with their backgrounds and putting in the time, taking training, learning new things, examining our systems, and helping us to become better. Their Very background fortunate. and energy. It's just great that they're willing to do this. And I, I, I didn't want to do it in any way to embarrass him, but I wanted people to know that they said, we don't want to be paid. We just want to do a job. Right. Because a lot of that is missing in Exeter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is missing in an awful lot of people, but not right. in those three guys. Right. Which is amazing. So that's it for the show, folks. Uh, you can you can get uh, more of this from the Exeter Examiner at exeterexaminer.us. Join us next Thursday night at 645. Right, right. Join us, the most powerful man in Exeter and the second most powerful man in Exeter. For we have the, a lot to talk about next week. Folks, tune in because we're going to be talking about the school board meeting. We will be talking about the board of supervisors meeting. We might be talking about some other things. Hopefully, they'll help you grow. And we're going to try to get a guest. But you know what mistake we're not going to make, Ted? Tell them what mistake we're not going to we're make. Not going to, we're not going to tell people who our guests are. So that they can't submarine us, right. sabotage us. We're just going to bring them on and we're going to be, you know, we'll, we'll be challenging where we need to be challenging. We'll be supportive where we need to be supportive. Um, hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, we can do some shout outs to some important Exeter businesses that are yep. making our lives better, making our lives, you know, more entertaining, more fun. Yep. Um, so it, it we're in development, right? Absolutely. We're five shows in, man. We made amazing strides. I think so. We've already got a cadre of people aligned against us. <laughs> I mean, that's the amazing thing. In five shows, we've developed an enemies list. I, I, I that is if so gratifying. In five shows. I, I wonder if we, if we go back, you know, on, on, on his history, after only five shows, did he have people who were like, Oh, we're afraid. Trying to get him. That's exactly it. They are afraid. They're very afraid of this show. They're crapping themselves over this. <laughs> so with that, uh, we will bid you adieu, bid you good night, and thank you for listening once again. See you next Thursday at 645. <laughs>Thank you for joining us for the Exeter Underground. Join us again next week for more news and analysis of all that is happening in Exeter. This has been a production of Jerry Gelliff Media. Uh -huh.